Welcome to the Warning Track Power Hour. I'm Andrew Scaff. He's Mike Worman. Today we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, spring training, um, a little bit more about the World Baseball Classic final, which is happening right now as we speak. Yeah, we're, we're coming to you from the from the past, two yes. days ago. But <laughs> talking about the future a... in the past. Wait, no, it's the other way I around. I think we're I think we're just on Australian time. Probably. So that... <laughs> Uh, so two days ago yesterday i think yeah yeah whatever that means yeah but it hasn't happened for us yet <laughs> i don't know yeah. i don't i don't understand i always i, I don't understand how uh, australian time uh works really how it can be tomorrow yeah anyway uh, um yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah we'll spend most of today talking about college basketball in the ncaa tournament uh the Royals had a not so great week, so we'll start today with college basketball. A lot of upsets. So far, upsets. men's and women's very um, you know high numbered seeds have advanced. Um, what to you has been the most interesting thing from the uh, first weekend of the tournament? Um, I I guess you could say it's the the high upsets i think in from from my perspective and this is probably unique is because i ended up making so many different brackets uh for both men and the women and just to see how those turned out and basically even though there are lots of upsets if you had just gone by um especially on the men's side if you had just gone by um like computer rankings like the siren ratings or the pomeroy rankings you would be uh winning in pretty much every uh bracket that you're in uh, and so like especially uh, th- those those ratings we'll talk about a little bit more are very very good at predicting the second round I think um, I was in terms of my bracket the one the, the kind of straight bracket that I made uh, I was the best my, my straight bracket was actually the best in both men and the women in getting the number of first round matchups right but it, it dropped off uh, significantly or a little bit somewhat significantly for the for the second round so um I, i'm maybe learning a strategy for making brackets yeah uh, next year which i think is interesting to me i haven't watched a ton of the games but um i, I guess i'm right now i'm interested in because arkansas is doing well maybe kansas so maybe that was the most interesting part of the actual games yeah uh, to me uh K-State is doing well. I, I kind of follow them because my parents went there. Yeah. Um, Penn State was in the tournament, so that was interesting. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, uh, your uh, beloved Cyclones lost their first round game to the Pitt. Uh, but you're you've got to at least be happy that that KU is out. <laughs> that's that's the, the bit of solace. If they would have got on the first round, it would have been more solace than. <laughs> they would have yes. if they had yeah I, I always stayed played so poorly in that game they had basically no chance of winning so that was not you know it's really hard to win a game when you don't make baskets for long extended periods of the game you know yeah yeah they had a tough one it, it was like yeah 59 to 41 i really like a total of 100 points scored yeah in that game and they were blown out too. So that's not a very that, that, that's so they lost by like eighteen, and this so they had, a, and that's pretty bad if, if they're only hundred points scored and you weren't even yeah. close. So that, that really, uh, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't their best game. It seems like they maybe they peaked 
would have got tired maybe from the uh tournament. I don't know. We're just I'm we're not just... sure what it was. Yeah, it definitely it definitely um yeah, of the scenarios of how a game can go, that was maybe one of the most nightmarish outcomes. <laughs> and it, it was painful to watch too, because it was it was bad from the start they got behind like 19 to 2, like right away. Yeah. Not great. Yeah. Uh but where anyway, that, that that one's over though anyway. So yeah. So do you, do you like you like seeing the big upsets though? Do you like the uh the 15 no. to 16 Actually, I don't. I don't. Wins? No. I want shock to win usually. Or uh, or do you like seeing like some of the old blue bloods getting knocked out or do you like the blue bloods or do you think the tournament I, is weaker because the blue bloods are knocked out? I I may be strange but I want the best teams to win. Yeah, best teams to do well. I don't mind the occasional upset. I I really don't like, but like, I don't want to see a 15 seed in the final four. I don't want to see, even if I don't know, even if it's a smart school like Princeton. Princeton, well, yeah, I I did have one of my brackets was uh, based on founding date, and Princeton is the oldest institution uh, in the tournament currently because they uh, ended up winning the Ivy League tournament. Yale was the best uh, team uh, this year in the Ivy League because they have been the last several years, but they didn't make the tournament. Uh, Yale is uh, founded in 1701 and Princeton was 1773 or something. So they're the oldest team uh, currently in the tournament. Um, University of Pittsburgh, surprisingly, is number two, which uh, I wouldn't have guessed, but they, they trace back to the 1780s. So if Pitt had beaten Xavier, that uh, early uh, founding date bracket that I made uh, really would have uh, done uh, wonders. Um, but uh, probably the youngest, one of the youngest schools in the tournament uh, Fairly Dickinson, I think they were 1947, so they might be. Uh, they they wow. ended up uh, beating uh, Purdue, which is 1850 or something like that. So like, uh, so that that was an upset both in terms of year and just in terms of magnitude. So I think that's probably the was probably the biggest upset, um, don't you think? Or yeah. I guess it's Princeton, Princeton, Arizona. I think if Virginia loses in the first round, it's not really an upset because they either do pretty well or they lose in the first round. It seems like. Yeah. They they lost as a six as a one to you uh, Maryland Baltimore County, uh, five or six years ago, and then the next year they won the tournament. So like it's 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 kind of boom or bust. Yeah. Know, for, well, they've they also been, they've been a really defensive oriented team, and sometimes those teams can you know have difficulty scoring, and if they can't score, it's again hard hard to win games. Yeah, if you score more, like you can you can overcome a smaller sample size of 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 sure. you, you can get to the mean. Um, you know, regress to the meme more easily. Yeah. Than, well, uh, pretty much no matter what your opponent's game is like, you have a chance to outscore them if you if you are have prolific scorers or right. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. if you just have if you just possess the ball more, you're going to score more points. And every time, like, every time, like if you are slightly if you are slightly better than the other team, every possession you have allows you to show that you're slightly better. So that's, that that really builds up. So like yeah. the slower team. So that's was one reason why um like Princeton has done fairly well in the tournament against higher seeds is because they slow the ball down mm-hmm. and there are fewer possessions and um therefore there can be maybe a little bit more chaos because of the because of uh sample size. Yeah. And so yeah Princeton uh beat uh Arizona and Missouri. Well you probably happy about Princeton beat Missouri uh as well. We didn't end up making our um mascot uh fighting bracket nope. i thought you might do that but we didn't uh so so yeah, princeton, they're, the, they're the tigers which is what you think was one of the more fierce so they beat the wildcats and then they beat the missouri tigers uh and what is uh, what know, is princeton's mascot the tigers they're the tigers, oh, they're tigers. Okay. 
I was thinking, of, I was thinking you were talking about Missouri Tigers then too, but no. No, yeah, Princeton Tigers uh, beat the Missouri Tigers. Yes. And um, the Tiger versus Tiger would have been a flip, coin flip to decide who yeah, won. Yeah, I think the Princeton Tiger is maybe a little more. The Truman Tiger seems like if you've seen that mascot, he seems pretty uh, friendly yeah. uh, and kid like. Um, Closer to Tony the Tiger. <laughs> would you say? Yeah. Yeah, well, I'd say less friendly. Uh, the Princeton, if you look at the Princeton Tiger uh, mascot, he has a fiercer face. Okay. Uh, than, than Truman Tiger, he also looks a little bit more muscular in the way his suit is made uh, than the traditional Truman Tiger uh, from Missouri. So, uh, if I had done that, that's what I would have uh, made. Uh, but uh, yeah, so we have so we have some of those. Um, yeah, like you, so you mentioned, the Blue Bloods are are, are out of the uh, Sweet Sixteen. You know. North Carolina wasn't even in the tournament. Yeah. But um I think after yeah. after starting as a preseason number one. Yeah, then, they had a very disappointing season. Yeah. Uh, but Kentucky is out. They lost a camp. They another wild a wildcat on wildcat yep. matchup. Uh K-State beat them. Um Duke is out, uh losing to Tennessee. Uh KU, of course, uh lost. Indiana lost. Um those are just four, I think four of the f- five winningest um, programs in mm. NCAA uh, history. UCLA is up there too, I think. Uh, yeah, they're, they're still, they're still, they're still in it. Yeah. yeah, so that's uh, one of the uh, fewer, it seems like all, a lot of those teams as well have blue uniforms besides being blue bloods. Right. Which I think is interesting. Uh, I think only Indiana has red, everyone else has yeah. blue. Have you thought about that? <laughs> Had not considered that. <laughs> I did think about doing a, a like red, like color, red and blue. Because most most teams have one of those two colors typically, and then just have it, yeah, do a bracket based entirely. And you have the odd, yeah, you have the odd purple like K State or yeah. um black and gold or black and orange, like 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 you know, the tiger teams or Tennessee's the, the orange. Evil schools. <laughs> yeah. Tennessee is orange by them, you know, and it's produced black and gold like the zoo. Um, yeah. But yeah, right now it seems like red is doing well. Alabama, Houston yep. are both uh, the two top seeds that are still alive. And those are probably the two top overall teams going into the tournament. I think you picked Alabama win. I had I had them. I mean, I don't really want them to win, but that's who I picked in the bracket. <laughs> I, pick, I picked I picked. I think I picked Houston. Not to win. Canada. I had Texas winning though. But. Texas winning. Okay. Yeah. I think I had Houston in my bracket. In my um, uh, your personal picks. My, my yeah, my personal uh, uh, picks. The one that I was actually my best one. Um, uh, no, I know. I actually I was it was Gonzaga. I picked Gonzaga to uh, win uh, that one because I wanted to be a little different because well, I thought against, you're against type bracket, right? It was my slightly against type, which was, which was trying to be my straight shot, uh, bracket and go a little bit and, and try to be less biased than I normally. Yeah, so, um, why don't you just, um, talk a little bit about the different methodologies that you selected for making brackets as a test to see how some of these different, um, if we, if we, you know, pick different methodologies to pick the bracket to see how they would, you know, perform relative to each other 
Okay. What, what kind of what kind of um, thought process did you go through when you went when you picked out some of these brackets? Okay, so I ended up, for the men's tournament. I did I did a bunch of brackets for the men's tournament. I did also several brackets for the women's tournament. So I ended up making sixteen different uh, brackets. Two of them I had made before we started we started last week's show. One of them was a kind of still fairly straightforward bracket, but it was kind of home inspired. So I picked Arkansas to go to the final four, but I did not pick Arkansas to win uh, that one. I actually, I think I picked Houston to win that. Because even in your Homer version. Yeah, I, I didn't want to go over the top, at least at first. So I did that. Um, and then I did a kind of uh, slightly against type, which was my very straightforward bracket. But I also wanted to pick a team that wasn't maybe one of the top one or two teams to win because I thought, well, if if I want to win um, a big, uh, if I want to win, uh, you know, beat, beat other people, I can't pick the same team as them probably because I I don't feel like I will maybe not get as many other matches, another other matchups right. So I, I thought I picked Gonzaga. This was because they they were very pop, they're a very popular team to win traditionally. This year they were kind of under the radar third seed. I don't really like them, so, so I decided to pick them this year. Um, Kind of like you, Timmy, actually, but I, I, I did. Uh, I, I just uh, thought, well, I'll pick Gonzaga uh, to win that one. So those were those were my two that I had before, uh, and yeah. then I decided. So I did uh, fourteen other brackets. I decided to do just one based on uh, top seeds winning, um, and so I and, and so that mean all meant all ones would go to the final four, right. and then I ranked those teams the one two, three, four. brackets. Or the way that uh, the NCAA seeding, I think, because Alabama was one, Houston two, and Alabama will beat Houston in the final. Um, I and then I also did um, a kind of wildest dream bracket where I had Arkansas winning over, I think, Kansas State in the final. Um, and that's Not actually pretty good. It's actually looking pretty good. Um, the wildest dream bracket. And my, my first Homer bracket, they each got 25 out of the 32 first round matches. Um, my actually slightly against type bracket got 26 out of 32. And that was the highest of any of the brackets that I made. Um, and the other brackets that I made, um, so I also made brackets based on um, Las Vegas odds. So the teams with the um, shortest odds uh, made the final four out of each region. And I looked at the teams with, I didn't look up individual matchups for a lot of them. I just looked at the teams, the team that had uh, lower, uh, shorter odds to, to make it to the yeah. final four. Yeah. And then I, and then I did uh, with the final four, I looked at the national championship odds. Um, and, um, and that, and that is doing fairly well, but that only got me in the first round um, 230 points. So 20, 23 out of 32. Hmm. And then only, um, 16 in the uh, six or uh, eight out of the 16 in the round of 32. So, Ooh. um, it, it's uh, the Vegas odds according to FanDuel, it's only at 70th percentile, uh, in terms of the overall bracket. Uh, and that's far lower than uh, my real bracket, which is right now 96.8 percentile. But it's yeah. not my top, it's not the top bracket in the, in the ones I created. The top brackets in the ones that I created turned out to be straightforward uh, computer rankings uh, and the Sagarin ratings are actually tied again, tied with my slightly against type um, at 96.8 percentile and the Pomeroy rankings are higher uh, 98.3 and, and both the Sagarin and Pomeroy ratings, um, they got a few less right 
in the first round than I did. But in the second round, that's when they really started shining. And uh, they beat me. My, my second round, um, round of 32, I only got, I got nine out of the 16 matchups or nine out of the 16 winners, correct? So I only have nine of the Sweet 16. Um, uh, Sagarin has 10 of the Sweet 16. Uh, Pomeroy has 11. You actually had uh, 10 out of the Sweet 16 in your uh, like straightforward, legit, uh, bracket. So yeah. yours is doing very well. Although uh, you had Duke winning uh, in that uh, match, I think you also wanted a kind of slightly against uh, type win, uh, but also a popular team uh, and a historically good team. So um, that's kind of the same thing. But Duke, of course, lost in the second round. Um, yeah. I also did other things, kind of more random ones. I did a highest average margin of victory. Uh, looked at each team and in some cases it was a lot of the lower seeds because they played in bad conferences that had high mar- average margin of victory but houston was the number one overall so uh, they're still alive in that one um i also did one based on current nba players which 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 uh t- which schools had the most current players in the nba kentucky had the most and they lost in the second round of k-state so it didn't work uh I also did one with most program wins we kind of talked about before. Kansas has the most wins in uh, NCAA basketball history right now. Ooh, is think, that right? Uh, yeah, they're number one. They passed, I think, Kentucky and Indiana and North Carolina. And like, uh, wow. they're all kind of up there. Uh, but yeah, Kansas is number one right now. Um, so that one didn't work out so well. Most program wins in current NBA players both are in the 21.4 percentile among all ESPN brackets. You're getting down, uh, you're getting down into my area now. So. Uh, founding date was another one that I did. Uh, we mentioned uh, Princeton is was my champion, so Princeton is still alive. So, but right. the the other matchups didn't work so well. Uh, I'm only 13.8 percentile for that one. I also did one with campus enrollment. The, so I thought again, if there's a larger school, that's probably going to beat the smaller school. Uh, Texas A and M population theory sort of concept, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of the yeah. more yeah the well if if, if if this were real life, like it was actually just picking players that were from the student body i think right. that would have a good chance of of winning it's a little bit what you know the reason why like you know olympic teams or, or things like that you know countries do well is because well they have a lot more people to choose from therefore yeah. uh you know of course they can pick a, a good soccer team out of uh brazil you know i think you know that's why hope so right that's yeah. probably why that's probably why brazil is traditionally seen as the best soccer country because it's the largest soccer dominant like dominant country in terms of population i think that's yeah. really the only reason why brazil, brazil seen as a little bit better well it's not Even just a large population country but they also love that sport so it's not yeah it's it's, it's, large, yeah. it's the largest population of a soccer first country yeah it's like why why india is so good at cricket or something like that it's it's, it's the same yeah uh, well yeah I know soccer soccer in the u.s doesn't do that well we have a large population but we're like soccer is like the sixth or seventh most popular sport in the u.s so it's yeah, so we're like uh, maybe typically a... athletes are being filtered into these other sports first, and then our best are not going to soccer probably. So yeah, no, yeah. So I so that that's why that was the theory behind the campus enrollment. Texas A and M is the largest school in terms of campus enrollment. They lost in the second round. They lost in the first round of Penn State, which by some metrics is also the largest uh, campus. Uh, but um, they would have lost in the second round. So it doesn't really matter what I picked if I picked 
Penn State or A&M. Um, I also did one called the home team where I picked the team that's the closest to where the match, the, the games were being played. And ironically, Houston is where the final four is. Yes. But for my home team matchups, it was, it was first round and second round sites uh, that I was looking at first. And then, to, then they had to be the home team for those to win. And then they had also to be the home team for the, um, uh, the regional final sites and then the final four. Uh, but Houston, is where the final four is, but they actually lost to Northern Kentucky in their first round matchup, according to my uh, model and Alabama actually wins um, in uh, that version. So that's still, it's still on the table. Uh, but according to my model, they were playing Kennesaw state in the fun, mm. in the final. So 14 seed Kennesaw state also lost in the first round. Mm. Um, I, I also, so, yeah, the home team is actually at nine percentile uh, out of, no, uh, proximity to the game. Proximity to the game site, yes. Yeah. In terms of driving distance, that's tied with with another uh, bracket that I made, which was called 1972-73 stats, where I looked at the tournament 50 years ago and tried to decide if these teams were playing 50 years ago, how would they do? And UCLA uh, with um, I can't remember if it was a Bill Walton team or a Lou uh, Alcindor, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar team. Uh, I think it was Bill Walton uh, uh, would have won won that tournament, and or it was like during oh. it was like one of the last uh, John Wooden. Uh, oh, so you did it like if if the nineteen seventy two team was playing? Yeah, so I so I did yes. team with the other opponent. Yeah. Oh, I thought maybe you you were just looking at it like you'd weight it based on on uh, how those teams performed in that in that year, but no, yeah, it's basically what I did. I said the yeah. nineteen seventy two teams. We're playing so like I looked at Kansas as 1972 team or Kansas actually had a really terrible 1972-73 team. K State had a better uh, team that year, um, but yeah, UCLA would have won. But that's but um, so they're still in it, but yeah. most of the other teams are not. So that's only nine percentile. My worst bracket that I made, uh, I think I oh I have I haven't I'll, I'll I'll explain one before I make the worst. So another one that I did that I did. Was one we kind of had talked about on the show, and this was what we called my hype. We called our my hybrid coin flip. Yeah, I you know we thought well the games are kind of unpredictable. Let's just flip mm-hmm. a coin, but I did it so the first, the top four seeds of each uh, bracket would win. So there would be no thirteen four upsets or fifteen two upsets, which actually you know, turned out to be completely wrong. We had a fifteen yeah. two. Uh, a four thirteen and a sixteen one, but I picked the top four in automatically, and then flipped a coin for the other ones. And did you uh, literally flip a coin? I did. I literally flipped this. Yeah, I flipped uh, this nickel. <laughs> you uh, even right have here. that coin? Yeah, it's a nineteen eighty eight nickel, uh, eighty eight <laughs> p that I flipped, uh, and I flipped it for everyone. I also did this for the women's as well. I flipped a coin. Uh, I did a hybrid coin flip and I actually had Missouri winning uh, somehow. Uh, they did win their first round game, but uh, they did not win. Uh, they did not beat the Princeton Tigers. So Princeton actually made it farther. So hybrid coin flip. Uh, it actually is at 39 and a half percentile. So it's, it's kind of, you could say maybe still in the bell curve, but I have very few points available uh, in but, that one. Yeah, on the table. But, my, but by far the worst one that I did uh, was the longest tenured coaches bracket where I picked the team 
to win each matchup that had a coach that had been there the longest time. And my, uh, the, the winning team uh, is going, is, is Michigan state in that bracket and they're still in it. Uh, Tom Izzo has been around for 30 plus years. I think he's only Jim Beheim had been around longer and, and Syracuse isn't in this tournament. So. Um, and I think he's out now too, isn't he? Yeah, he's leaving this year. Yeah. So it, so it is Izzo as the longest one. And um, be, so if Michigan State year. wins, um, I could move up. But right now I'm at 1.7 percentile Yeah. Uh, for Michigan State. So basically all of the new coaches are winning and all of the old coaches are not. Ooh, other than um, So for how, how did you – did you pick Kansas as – a long tenured coach because I don't know that self actually coached. I, I, I picked I picked Kansas as having self. Yeah, so I picked Kansas as doing fairly well. I don't. Even, I'll look at my bracket right now and see see uh, how they. At the time, you wouldn't have known that self wasn't going to be on the sideline. I guess right because I don't. Yeah, I didn't know. I, I thought that maybe he'd be gone the first round, but maybe there the second round. Yeah. Um, so Kansas, I had them beating Howard. I actually had Illinois beating Arkansas. Their coach had been longer, a little bit longer than um, Eric Musselman, who's become a really, really good tournament coach. Uh, I think probably, I think Arkansas has one of the best coaches because Musselman was actually an NBA head coach, and mm-hmm. NBA coaches are brighter, I think, than college coaches. I think it's that way for the NFL too. NFL coaches are better than college coaches, and we've seen that. And so, like when you know you have coaches that are capable of coaching in the nba uh coaching college it's usually it's usually a mismatch but um i think college coaching is like really dramatically skewed towards recruiting recruiting yeah if if you're a good recruiter you don't have to be that good of a coach and i think that that's like where kansas Mm -hmm. falls i think self is a good coach uh but i don't yeah i think muscleman (laughs) is as good Uh, but like i think self well, self at least he does do stuff. I think with USA basketball and NBA players, like Shashevsky yeah. did. So, like you know, some of the college coaches I think are in college, maybe could be in the NBA. I think that's a little bit more likely than NFL coaches. I think more coaches that can be in the NFL want to be in the NFL rather than college. Yeah, college basketball I think is a little more of a coach is the star, uh, even even more than football is. Yeah. I think. Because uh, NBA coaches they switch so much and it's a very it's a very player dominant league, yeah. And in the NFL, I think coaches have higher standing than they do in the NBA. So I think being a coach, the at college and you know, college and pro isn't that much. You know, you're still like a star, but I think in in basketball, the coach is the star in college and and the players are the stars in the pros. So I I think maybe they get a little bit of there's not maybe as much of a difference among some of the top college coaches, but um, yeah. Well, I think salary-wise too. I think the NFL and college football coaches are probably relatively similar. Yeah, basketball. I think NBA coaches probably make a bit more on average than at least the the top tier NCAA coaches. It seems like the NCAA coaches get quite a bit less than the football coaches, like a lot less than the football coaches. But yeah, but there's also the, the, um, the, the average few that NBA make the most make a lot though too. So, well, the average NBA head coach makes three and a half million. Oh, according to twenty one twenty two, it's not that much compared. Well, it's a lot of money for us, but like, I think yeah. Bill Self makes way more than that. Yeah, salary makes almost six million. Self makes almost six million salary yeah. per year. So, like, 
Um, so top college coaches. They'll so like, make up, up there, but yeah. Yeah. So top college coaches make as much or more than NBA coaches do. Um, I'm sure Greg Popovich makes a lot more than that or, or you know, people like that. But um, it, there are also a lot more good college. I guess there are a lot more college basketball teams than there are like high level right. football teams because you really only have the power five in football, but you have power five in, you know, Gonzaga and, you know, the Big East and things like that in basketball. Yeah. So there's maybe, uh, I don't know. Um, those are my brackets that I ended up uh, making. You ended up making a few. Uh, I've talked a lot. Uh, do you want to talk about your brackets that you ended up making? You got the list in front of you. Which which ones? Which ones? Which ones did the best? Okay, I, I have them in front of me. Uh, your best one, uh, which I think you should be proud of, is the uh, the one. Um, actually, uh, the one that has the best shot of winning, I should say. Yeah, uh, is is uh your actual matchup picks using so using I, my own brain and and the, uh, your own brain deciding which game who which team I thought was going to win each individual game and just going that way with no no um pre determined route for any individual. Yeah, team. I was a little bit. That's how I, I, I miss I misspoke a little bit earlier. Said you had Duke winning. You actually had Texas winning in that yeah. one. So Texas is still in it. Uh, the one that's actually the highest right now for you is the one that has Duke winning because that was based on recent success which yeah, so i'm not ESPN quite had sure like a, had a recent i had a recent poll and so they just ranked all the teams with a recency bias and it may so have was been that, one of the computer programs i'm not sure what it so was. was that based on how many years like because like cause kansas oh, I think it was just year. like the last 10 games or something i think that's what it was the last 10 games i think okay, it, i think it last... was like recently games played yeah so oh i see i see so like duke sagarin because they won i think they won like all of their last dozen games or so and they were beating like some pretty highly ranked teams along the way so i think they were ranked number one in the recency poll yeah. that they put together the ranking that they put together for recency they have you know a strong bias for that which which you'd think you know if momentum is a thing in college basketball which it isn't necessarily mm-hmm. uh and it apparently turns out that it maybe isn't at least for the long term success mm. of this of this particular bracket um then you know the teams that are are hot late have the best chance of going deep into the tournament and it apparently doesn't seem to be that yeah i guess not I, I i was i had thought it was i hadn't looked at the bracket that closely i I had thought it was based on recent years program success like maybe you mm. did like because like duke has been very good over the last 10 years um but kansas won it last year so maybe it would be uh yeah, uh, that way. But I see how you did. You also did one. Um, so that was your that right now. That's 88th percentile is your recency ranking. So the so the so the uh, the hot teams are doing pretty well. Early, you're, you're you're early. Well, we you're already champion, know. But your champion Duke is out. So yeah. had it's going know, to be falling. Be, had one game turned out differently though, you would have been much higher, and you also would have. Um, uh, you would have been in the 96.8 percentile because you would have 40, 20 more points plus <sighs> Duke would still be in it. So you would have a really good shot at winning uh, our, our out of our 22 brackets that we created. Yeah. Created 16, you created six. Um, so we have 22 brackets right now. So right now in our brackets, Pomeroy is number one. Sagarin and my straightforward one are tied at number two. And then NCAA seeding and your recent rankings are four and five round um, out the top five yeah if we uh you did another bracket uh that 
is kind of in the middle of the pack right now, but certainly will not turn out to be a good one. That one was a, was a field goal percentage bracket where you had Colgate, uh, yes. 15 seed winning. I think they played Texas. Was that who they played? Or, or UCLA? They played, I can't remember. It was either Texas or UCLA. I'm not sure. Uh, I'll look it up. Um, so yeah, that was a, that was a purely statistics driven for this season, which team in each matchup had a better field goal percentage. Yeah, that you had. Colgate that, that, that doesn't take into account any you know opponents at all. So that's uh, you still have probably not a good strategy to use in <laughs> picking your NCAA bracket, Mike. Just remember yes. that next time. Yeah. So Colgate uh, beat Tech, uh, lost to Texas by twenty one by twenty points, but yeah. they they were the they, they were the team that advanced. Uh, you also had a Final Four they, of Arizona and Oral Roberts on the other side. <laughs> Yeah, and, see, but, but I, mean, I, I, mean, I can't influence this. This is just that I picked a yeah. methodology and I stuck with it. So. I like it. Yeah, Gonzaga oh. was also in, so you still have one Final Four team left in yeah. that bracket, which is better than uh, maybe some of your other uh, bad brackets um, that you did not. Of course, I'm, I'm also I'm, I'm I mean, saying these brackets are bad, but you did not make these to be good necessarily. These were ones that you were just trying to you know follow a methodology like a right. scientist like i was trying to do with the yeah. longest tenured coaches or 1972 73 stats you right. also you had you had a complete coin flip yeah bracket where you did you actually flip a coin i didn't i didn't i used a, an algorithm to do it so a random number generator basically uh, oh i did a flip well, which made it really easy for me because i just went oh random and then it was done so was it? Did you pick? Was it one or zero? Was that what it was, or what was the? <laughs> it was even was easier. It? ESPN had a on the bracket on the bracket itself had a random bracket generator. Oh, okay. I did a coin flip. Okay, so I actually <laughs> okay, and then you had which one was those. equivalent to flipping a coin. So I, I mean, I could have made like you know hundreds of brackets that way, and if I made you know millions of brackets, one of them would be perfect because in the random. It's like creating all of the multi, the possible multiverse theory concept, bringing it to life. One of them would have had to have been good. Yeah, a million million monkeys that a million typewriters will, uh, uh, you know, create uh, the works of Shakespeare, the great, great great American novel. Yeah, yeah. or the works of Shakespeare. Yeah. Um, as the Simpsons went, it was the best of times. It was the blurst of times. You stupid monkey. <laughs> um, Mr. Burns, uh, but uh, so your coin flip is actually at one point one percentile. Uh, you got fourteen out of the thirty out of the thirty-two, right? So slightly less than half. I think if you had flipped a real coin, you would have done better. <laughs> As compared to my hybrid coin flip, my hybrid coin flip method got twenty-one out of the thirty-two. Ooh, and it also so, got so basically it's a coin, but it's a weighted coin. Yeah, it's a weighted coin. But then I just flipped the coin completely the next round. Yeah. And I got I got seven out of the sixteen, uh, sweet sixteen. Almost teams. right on. Whereas That's... you only were able to get out of the your coin flip, you were only able to get four out of the sixteen. So yeah, uh, which which I guess is technically on. No, you I guess you only got two out of the sixteen. I'm sorry, you only yeah. got two out of the sixteen. I guess I got. Uh, yeah, I got. But it's but how, I how many? Did, but I missed. Out of the first round, how many did it? Yeah, so you had uh 14 out of the 32 oh so only two of the next 14 were right yeah only two, two of the, the remaining 14. 14 succeeded yeah oh yeah. yeah that's not very good yeah i ended up having 
yeah, mine was uh, 21 and then seven. So, uh, yeah, anyway, uh, but that wasn't your worst one. Your worst one was actually this uh, diabolical method that, that you created, which was your chaos slash chalk method, where yes. uh, I guess it was the the lower seated uh, cardinal, uh, lower seated ordinary team uh, would uh, defeat the uh, uh, higher seated team. And so First round every six, so every sixteen seed one, uh, sixteen one matchup was won by the sixteen, which you got right one of those, uh, and uh, then it was every lower seed would have won, and then after that, the the better seeds win, but only the, the best teams would have been nine seeds in the final. Left. Yeah, yeah, and I think there's only one. I just said there's only one nine that remaining, is right. remaining, and that is Auburn. So yes. if Auburn can beat Houston, which is it, go, it might it might get out of that single digit. No, yeah, no how, it's gonna be in the single digits. I sure. don't know. How, how did you pick um the nines in the final four? How did you pick you pick West? That West was a, I, I did a literal coin flip on those. Oh, so you did coin flips there. I did actually pull a coin out and did. I, I think of that as with, also with a quarter, I believe, but I don't know. Quarter, quarter. Bigger, bigger money. But also, I think of that as being indicative of our. Uh, I think you are much more willing to embrace technology than I am. I, I don't like. I don't like modern technology very much. Yeah. I um, I think most technology is. Uh, <laughs> it's really it hasn't done anything to improve our lives in the last, especially the last uh, twenty years. It just made watching TV easier. I think, yeah. and it, it just success. moved. Our, so it's great for that, but like, <laughs> I don't know. It's it's also made us like you know have to work uh, twenty four hours a day and be on call all the time and things like that. But like, yeah, we can't travel to Europe any faster than we could fifty years ago. We can't you know clean our houses really. I guess we have a Roomba maybe now rather than a vacuum that you have to push around. But I don't. Um, I don't either. But like dishwashers <laughs> are pretty much the same. Yeah. Uh, those you know uh, most tech most like how like cars aren't that much different. We're still usually yeah. mostly internal combustion cars on the you know on old roads and tires and you know it's like yeah. it's technology that's been around for a century that we're just kind of improving incrementally. The space program hasn't done anything except you know sends a few more more satellites out farther, but like. Yeah. That's what we did with Voyager, and the you know the cameras are nicer on them, but like it's it, like we, we haven't gone back to the moon in fifty fifty years. years. Yeah. So it's it's like one of those it's it's one of those things where we've tech you know technology isn't really doing a whole lot. Like we haven't really cured any uh, diseases. You know we've done yeah, better yeah, at treating. Yeah. We've done better a lot at more advancement things. in medicine than most than most other fields, but we've yeah we we've, we're treating things a little better. The life yeah. expectancy hasn't really shot up. Uh, that's true, especially in America. Probably, mainly, that's because of oh. health inequalities and uh, income disparity and things like that. But like, yeah, and uh, and we eat a lot and stuff like that. But like, uh, you know, if a life expectancy isn't infant mortality rate, you know, is still pretty high in this country. But uh, compared well, to some others, actually, right? So, yeah. So, uh, but like, yeah, yeah I, I maybe yeah, I'm poo pooing uh, advances in 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 medicine, but. Um, there haven't been a lot of. We don't have the robot butlers. We don't have the jetpacks. Yeah. We don't have. Where's my flying car? Where's my jetpack? I was promised no, these things. And there's no tele. There's too. no like advances in teleportation technology. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, we can, you know, all we're doing my, is my food synthesizer and my yes. transporter, my soylent green, my, you know, all these things, uh, <laughs> you know, all we, all we can do is, you know, get email on our phone uh, via text. Now we can't even communicate as quickly because we're texting instead of talking. And yeah. that's a, it's a, <laughs> so we've, we've gone backwards and like our, our, our communications are more, um, you know, less literate than ever before. They've gone to this sort for of for, uh, for society as a, in general. I don't think you and I have changed at all. Well, we've, we've gone to the you know a lot of us have gone to the pictogram rather than the actual word. I like, I like describing them as cave paintings. It's equivalent cave painting. to cave yeah. paintings. Yeah, we're so we're, like, we're regressing. We haven't just regressed back. You know, in a, you know lesser, you know, skills at communicating. It's just actually we've gone all the way back to caveman drawings. Yeah, I've seen we were kind of a post literate society. Um, and yeah, I, I, I don't care for it, but I, I, I do, uh, I, yeah, I, I do like having the ability to watch TV and I guess, you know, we're having the Jetsons, uh, video, uh, phone that seemed like it was going to take, took forever to get here, but then now that it's here, it's. And, and for me, even in a house that isn't mine. So like, I didn't, yeah. I didn't have to do anything crazy to. Mm-hmm. it's well it's like yeah we have a telegraph a video telegraph uh yeah. machine uh, that we're cool. sending we're sending uh facts after facts after facts uh in real time yeah uh, to each other that's kind of cool <laughs> <laughs> it is it is very max headroom very uh jetsons but um yeah i don't know what was i talking oh oh, oh talking about flipping a coin so i was <laughs> flipping a real coin you were embracing this random uh, computer program, not as, you know, but it was also it was also uh, um, what ESPN had available. I saw that they did that, but I refrained. I, I thought, yeah. I'm going to use a real coin. I didn't, I didn't want to make one comment about the um, first round chaos bracket. Was the main purpose for creating that bracket was to be able to say that one of our methodologies did produce a bracket in which Fairly Dickinson, Furman, and Oh, who was the other like Princeton. in yeah in Princeton? You know, won first round games because there's basically no other. No one's gonna pick those. All three of those in a single bracket, right? Yeah, I don't but think we my... can say that in our methodology we we did produce a bracket where those lowest seed teams won. Yeah, I predict. i one of my brackets actually had Princeton winning twice. Yeah. Uh, which is what, what <laughs> actually happens. this yeah yeah without and it wasn't resorting to uh just a you know lower seed winning <laughs> a gimmicky you know way to engineer it so that i can say that yeah 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 mine was uh no i, I think yours is good but i i was uh I, I i'm trying to think i don't think i picked any uh were there any 512 upsets this year oh i didn't look no, there weren't. There weren't any five twelves. Seems like that always uh, happens. So yeah, six eleven happened with uh, Pitt over Iowa State. Yeah. Thanks, um, thanks for reminding me. Oh, appreciate it. And so, and there, that was the only six eleven. So there weren't that many upsets this year. Yeah, um, but there were some really big ones. Seven and ten, seven and ten, even. Um, it was the sevens that won three out of four, which is unusual. I think yeah. usually tens. I think for a while, even more 10 seeds had one than seven in the yeah. first round matchups. 
eight and nine, I think it was, um, it was two and two, eight and nine. So, uh, so you know, random. yeah, so that was, so yeah, there weren't really many upsets. So maybe that's why I, and I tend to, I think I tend to, I tend to be a little more conservative usually in the, in my first round picks. Uh, I, and so, you know, maybe that's why I did so well, but then, um, Maybe second round, I should be more conservative and go with Pomeroy or Sagarin ratings. Um, do you have anything else to add for the men's tournament? We have 16 teams left. Do you? We could perhaps do a second chance bracket and see how those turn out, but I also kind of want to see how these turn out. Yeah. I We still have some final four teams that are left in our original bet. I have the, two the teams from my supposed good bracket, and that was Houston and Gonzaga. I had Gonzaga winning the whole thing. Uh, and then from my uh, original Homer bracket that wasn't quite as Homer as my future uh, Wildest Dream bracket, um, I had I have three Final Four teams left: Arkansas, Houston again, and K State. So those are um, all in it. So I, I I can still end up making money on my uh, final my eight Final Four picks, and I, I think you can too. You have a few that are teams that are left, right? I'm not sure if I can make money. I get close to break even, I think. Um, I have two teams left in one bracket and none in the other, I think. So okay. I have uh, Alabama and, and Texas left. So if they both make the final four, then I have a shot, I think, to break even. So if you get two teams in it, you only have to be plus 600 total. You figured that out earlier. But yeah, if I, it's I, don't one team, I don't have the numbers in front of me, though, so I'm not sure which one's. If it's one team that makes it, you have to be plus 700. Yeah, it, it's not, so Alabama uh, wasn't in Texas. I don't think was either that high. Yeah, so I if I get three teams because I have Houston twice. So if Houston makes it, I'm almost you're gonna be in the money, like at least halfway back. Yeah, because yeah, because I have Arkansas as a long shot, or Gonzaga, but I have a I'd say I have a fifty percent chance at maybe even better at getting uh, that bracket. The, the final, at least the final four team, because I think Gonzaga and uh, and I guess UCLA is a really good team. So it's Connecticut, but you know I, I have two out of the four left, and I yeah. still have K State in the other one, and K State is the highest seed that's left on that bracket. So I feel I feel all right uh, yeah. about that. Um, Maybe this is a reminder too. These these teams only have to make it to the final four. To the final four. Yeah, it doesn't matter what happens so. after. We should know the result of this for our next episode then too. We should. I'm sure everybody's hanging on the other seats. Do we want to talk a little about the women's tournament? Sure. We did it. We did that. Um. We'll, we'll much more more uh, succinct talking about the women. We well, also the made strategies that. were really similar. Similar. Yeah. yeah. So we uh, the women's tournament also now has 16 teams, and there have been some big upsets in the women's tournament. Stanford has lost as one seed in the second round. Uh, Indiana lost as a one seed also in the second round. Um, we ended up making making uh, twelve uh, brackets for the women between the two of us. Uh, I think I did seven, you did five. Uh, so um, we ended up doing our straightforward matchups that we think is going to win. Those are doing fairly well um, right now. Um, my, uh, but they're kind of in the middle of the pack. Uh, um, my best guesses. I, I decided not to pick South Carolina to win because they're the, they're the overwhelming favorite. I think it's they were at a, they had like two to one odds or one to two odds or something like that. It was yeah. It was, 
They, they had um, less odds than the field. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, the number was smaller for the odds. Did, did you hear about that guy who made, speaking of really low odds, the guy who made huge bets on Purdue to beat Fairleigh Dickinson? Oh, no. <laughs> um, some guy, I think he ended up betting like a total of $100,000 to win like $3,000. Oh, um, I'm looking it up right now. <laughs> oh. uh, this, this is why this you don't make those bets. Yeah, uh, yeah. So this is like so. It's um, the Las Vegas pro lost a little to Purdue. So uh, he bet. So Steve Fezzik, uh, he, said he bet a lot, potentially upwards of a hundred thousand dollars for a chance to win just a couple of thousand dollars. Heavy, heavily favored Purdue. Um, Purdue had, according to his uh, prediction, Purdue had greater than ninety nine percent chance of winning that game, but most of the odds were a little bit around ninety eight percent chance. So he thought there was an edge. Uh, that so on, an edge. on the money line, he bet on the money line, not on the spread. So he, uh, there was a four, a minus forty five hundred money line. Wow. Um, so that's that's that would be like ninety percent, right? Um, or maybe yeah. it's higher than that. And there's also bet on a minus fifty two hundred money line. So, uh, he bet forty grand on a minus fifty two hundred that would have net about eight hundred after forty grand, and then sixty thousand dollars off. That minus forty five hundred would have net thirteen hundred, so he could have won twenty one hundred dollars off his one hundred thousand dollar bet, a two point one percent return on an investment, which in a day I guess is good, but yeah. you also have the chance of losing all of it, which you do not in a bank account, even if you have the Silicon Valley Bank uh, investing. Uh, I think the FDIC right. has swooped in uh, there, but yeah, so that was. So he, yeah, he lost all that money, and he like ta- he touted it on uh, Twitter supposedly right before he, when he bet. This is this is really oh really? Is, so he just yeah. he disclosed it himself. It wasn't like a, a leak of information mm-hmm. about the uh, the bet itself. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, talking about more about betting, it says the favorites against the spread went 24, 23, and one. So like it, it seems like Vegas really set the odds up perfectly. I guess uh, so. So uh, you know they do a real good job, but. Uh, they are not winning right now in the bracket uh, pool that we're playing. Right. Um, but um, in the women's bracket right now, if we had a winner, uh, so um, my guess is I picked UConn to win. Uh, right now I'm in 58th percent percentile. You picked South Carolina, you're 53-ish percentile. Um, I got more right in the first round. I got 26 again out of the 32. So it seems like I'm really doing well picking the first round matchups. Yeah. Then the second round is when I'm fading a little bit. Um, so I'm even able to beat uh, some of the, like the, uh, the higher the computers. I, I'm, I'm a, I'm even better than, than uh, the computer in the first round, at least this time. Uh, and, uh, but the second round, I'm fading a little bit. You got, uh, you are, you are uh, doing better in the second round. Um, so I was at 260, so 26, but then I only had nine, at the sweet 16. You had 23 of the first round, and then you had 10 of the Sweet 16 in your top bracket. Um, those two are not doing as well as some of my other brackets that I made. Um, if, if we had just gone by top seeds winning, that would actually be the top bracket uh, right now. Yeah. In the women's, uh, in our women's uh, group um, with South Carolina winning, but it would not, it's not our max high. Um, so it's 94 percentile if we had just done top seeds winning 
they would have won 25 out of 32 first rounds and 12 out of the sweet 16 wow would have been correct um i did i did another bracket where i picked the best player based on all america rankings and preseason rankings and different rankings of of players so whichever team had the best player um i picked to win uh so that one has iowa winning the whole tournament so i think caitlin clark is the nation's best player she leads the uh ncaa in um assists she also is top two right now in points i think she led both in both categories last year she has you know eight rebounds a game so she's i think by far the best player um south carolina has some good players as well uh some other players but uh iowa will win that uh, so i was still in it um uh, so if iowa wins uh i will uh do very very well but right now they that's my that's the second place bracket at eight 82 percentile my guess is is actually third and yours is fourth tied actually with um Sagarin and pomeroy do not do uh women's rankings which i was a little surprised at but they the, i think it seemed like the, the best one that i could find at least one they could find easily was called real-time rpi ratings and um they are also right now 53 percentile they picked south carolina uh to win Similar to the 1972-73 results, I did I, I, I did for the men, I did a 1997-98 results. I did 25 years ago. Uh, I couldn't really find good 50 years ago stats for women's basketball because I think a lot of teams didn't play back then. So 97-98 um, was like in the peak of the Pat Summit, Tennessee uh, dominant era, and UConn was starting to come up as well. I think UConn, when they made the Switch 16, they said it was like their 30th sweet 16 in a row something like that Genius. 29th in a row yeah crazy with gino Ariama. but um tennessee wins that one so tennessee wins out that would be a good bracket uh they're a four seed this year i think in the women as they are in the men um uh then i also did another version of the hybrid coin flip that did a good job for the first uh 23 out of the 32 but then not so good in the second round uh i also had as the champion uh florida gulf coast uh, who won their first round game, but did not oh. win their second game. They lost to, I believe they lost to South Carolina. So uh, uh, that would have been quite an upset. I also decided to try the men's Sagarin ratings uh, and and transpose them onto the women's teams. Yeah. Uh, so Alabama, which was a 10 seed, was actually the number one seed overall uh, okay. in those. Uh, so Alabama lost, uh, I think, in the second round. So that's very low. I got 21 out of 32 right in uh, the first round matchups, so that's bad. Better than, uh, but I'm only at 11 percentile because I only have four Sweet 16 teams. So those are my brackets. Um, I'll, okay, you have some as well. I'll, I'll mention uh, quickly. So your your best one is your straight matchups. Uh, your second best one is what was called random weighted, and I'm not quite sure how you did that one. Uh, you got 23 was... out of 32. It was it was um um in ESPN um bracket calculator um you could just like hit a button basically and it was like a it it was like the higher seeds won and then they flip coins against equal number I think is what it was most oh, so like they might say like uh, uh if um, it was weighted towards the better seed numbers so like if not so like it's like South Carolina South Carolina has a ninety six percent probability of winning this game you pick yeah you, they will win. They will get that result ninety six percent of the time if you click the button. I think it was more. I think it was both. I think of seeds. I think it was. Um, I think that one seeds. was seed driven, and it was um, if the seeds were the same, then it was a coin flip. 
but otherwise the higher the better seed would win the matchup hmm. in advance so you had that, that one actually had stanford winning and they lost in the second round so yeah so i mean that one should be in, uh, in good shape similarly to the chalk bracket but it i think i think yeah but you but you have the state but you had stanford winning over and they've lost already so oh no it wasn't that wasn't no that was coin flip c no yeah sorry i think what you said yeah. is what it is okay that one you had a coin flip uh pure coin flip that had unlv winning yeah, well, that's, that's actually actually the worst bracket at four point six, but it's not as bad as as a couple of our men's brackets, which were even lower. Yeah, so uh, we got worse low men's brackets. Um, you also had one that was points per possession, uh, yeah. which is a, a usually a very solid match, a solid uh, metric. South Carolina is number one in that, so if they win, you'll do pretty well probably. Yeah, uh, but right now it's at eighteen percentile. Um, opposing f- team opposing field goal percent percentage. Yes. Uh, it was a stat that you could look at in the uh, bracket selector. So, yeah, so I would just go through each matchup and whichever team had the better defensive, yeah, offensive field goal percentage. And South Carolina has the best, so maybe you'll do better. But right now you're at nine percentile uh, yeah. on that one. And so, uh, yeah, those are those are the women's brackets. We'll see how those turn out as well. The women's uh, tournament is one day behind the yeah. men's tournament at least in the first couple of weeks. I don't know if it turns out that way in the final week because the uh, men's final four goes Saturday than Monday. And I don't know if the women's final four will be Sunday, Tuesday, or if it will be Friday, Sunday, you know? I don't yeah, know. I don't know. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Yeah, so we'll have, we'll have both of those uh, done. Um, I think that's enough of basketball for now. Um, we'll see how those things turn out next week. Uh uh, has speaking uh baseball has has the world baseball classic ended i haven't checked back in on it here i can look though which i should have done this already the usa the, law Japan three to two. has won three to two so neither of us were right in our champion i picked usa and puerto rico as my two possibilities you picked dominican and cuba None of the other four was we we had said that Japan was overvalued, but uh, maybe clearly okay. I guess they were not. Yeah, they were not and it seems like that's a team as well that it probably wants to win the World Baseball Classic more than any other team. At least the country behind them does. I'm sure the country cares about that much more than the United States cares about the World Baseball Classic, even if the players on both teams are uh, similarly motivated. But three to two. Uh, Japan wins. I think it's their third championship. They won the first two, I believe, and then mm-hmm. they won this. I, I will um, say this though: your teams knocked both of my teams out from this. Did you did you notice that, or had you had you? Uh, I I, I, that I, connection? I did uh, a few days ago, but then I uh, when <laughs> when when uh, USB Cuba, but then I didn't think about it since, so I forgot yeah. about. It. Thanks for reminding me. But how dare you, Mike? I took that very personally. Puerto Rico beat the Dominican Republic to finish second place in their group. Yeah. Uh, and to advance to the quarters. And to advance to the quarters. And then Cuba lost in the semis to the United States. Yeah. Any, any other baseball we want to talk about? Uh, I mean, I guess we was going to ask you about uh, 
the Royals falling in the last couple of in the last week, I guess, um, in spring training. Yeah, does that, yeah, does that drop your expectation? I think last week you had increased your season expectation by ten percent. Mm-hmm. Will you drop it back ten percent? They're still leading spring training in wins and on base percentage. Not maybe not on base percentage, but it's like um, OPS, and they still have some decent numbers. But their um, team ERA went ballooned this last week they gave like 18 runs in the split squad action yesterday scoring only two on their side so uh some of those uh run scored runs allowed thing uh you know has been skewed dramatically from the last couple of days to much yeah. more average as a, i think they're 16 club. and 16 and 9 now from what i've yeah. seen so yeah they were after starting 14 and 2 yeah so they're Four and seven in their last eleven. I if I were set if I were ten percent um, less optimistic, then because the, they because they have are up to seventy seven games in my yes. uh, estimation, they would actually go down to sixty nine because they would be down seven seven point right. seven wins, and I'd round up to eight, so they would only be they'd be sixty nine and ninety three in right. my prediction. So I'm not ten percent less uh, optimistic than I was, but I am maybe two or three games. Uh, uh, less optimistic. So maybe I was thinking maybe they'd be 77 and 85 this year. I'm now thinking about 75 and 87, 74, 88, somewhere around there. So my over under is 70. I'll put it at 74 and a half wins, which I think is still four or five higher than Vegas. So yeah. if I were a real betting guy, I probably would, but also That's I wouldn't because it's the Royals and I, I'm, I'm betting with my heart rather than my head. So I don't yeah. really know. Uh, but how are have have your has your optimism uh, waned any? I'm I'm hoping back that I can you know cherry pick, uh you know what's happened anyway and just say that oh now I can go back to saying it's it was oh it's just spring training it doesn't matter Mike that's what I'm going with fourteen and two they show that they can do it but that's a solid you know what used to be a great NFL season fourteen and two right. that's a Super Bowl <laughs> contender uh huh. 16 and 9. I don't know what that is. That's uh, a solid baseball team, 640 winning percentage, yeah. but I don't, I don't. After uh, the first month of the season, usually you wouldn't wait that. If they were 16 and 9 in, in April, you still wouldn't think they're going to go straight to the World Series. No, but I think, oh, they might have a chance of, you know, ending in a, a close to the playoffs. You know, it's not quite yeah. what, what they were. What were the Royals in 2003? Was that when they had like a, Great, great, great start, and then they end up fading. But they still won eighty-three games when they were supposed to lose like a hundred games that year. Yeah. So the O three Royals, I remember um, that team with Jose Lima and Aaron Gile, right. uh, those luminaries. That was the the don't stop believing era. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I I uh, think that um. I think they'll be okay, but I yeah maybe I'm a little less optimistic than I was, and it's probably stupid that I was that optimistic and probably dumb that I am. Uh, I think you should keep the optimizing. I don't I don't know why you should really change it though. It's, I mean, it's still spring training, so yeah. If it if it was looking good at one time, you should, I mean, hopefully you think it still is. It's not the team didn't fall apart. Nobody's injured. Some yeah, of so the starting pitchers have had pretty bad performances recently, but hopefully they're getting that stuff out of the way. We'll see. So the Royals that year they started sixteen and three, wow. two thousand three, 
And then they were ten games under five hundred for the rest of the year, basically. Oh, eight games under five hundred for the rest of the year. Sixteen and three, and then they kind of faded back to five hundred, and then they got a little better and stayed and got as many as uh uh twelve games above five hundred in game ninety six. They're fifty four and forty two. Well, that's pretty good. And they were eight to seven, ten games. They were they were in, they were in first place all the way through game one twenty four. Uh, when they were at 65 and 59 and they lost, they ended up losing four straight, three to the Yankees, one to the twins uh, and were down one game. Uh, so they were down to 65 uh, and 61 and then they will finish 500 from there on out uh, and finished three games out of first place. I believe uh, 2003, they were 83 and 79 Um who won the division that year? Do you remember? No. 20 years ago? I was in Ames at the time, so. <laughs> that was my first, that was my first uh, full year in New Haven. And I remember that team. And they, yeah, it was, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I can't remember who uh, who won. Oh well, I can look it up later. Uh, who doesn't Al Central? There we go. Twins won. They were ninety and seventy two. White Sox were eighty six and seventy six. The Royals actually were third place. Wow, seven games back. Okay, I was thinking they were only three, but okay, seven games back. So that was a they really uh, didn't come close. But if the Royals finish eighty three seventy nine this year, I, I would be thrilled, just like I would be right. two thousand three, even if. They had a great start and faded. I don't. I I would have more optimism. Uh, than, actually, I'd probably have less optimism than I did in two thousand three for the next year's team. But I'm I'd be a little more confident in my optimism for the year after. Uh, how about so? Um, Maybe shifting optimism from <laughs> Royals, where optimism is maybe minimal, to the Chiefs, where. Optimism is that maybe an all-time high still? I think it is. The, the, the Chiefs haven't made a ton of uh, free agency news. Uh, they've signed uh, linebacker Drew Tranquil, uh, whom we learned that his first name is not Drew. Uh, his middle name is Drew, spelled D-R-U-E. Mm-hmm. Let me think of that uh, spelling of Drew and Drew. I mean, if it's if his... If it's short for Andrew, it's ridiculous. But uh, I don't, I don't know that that's the case. I don't know. I know, like, like Andrew Jones, the D R U W. Thought that was kind of strange, but but that's I how think, it's spelled. It's not like it's a yeah nickname or something. But. If you were so, if you had the name, okay, so if you could be named one of two things, Andrew A N D R U W, or just Drew D R U E, which which of those two would you take? Oh, would you take the one that's closer, but wrong or the one that's maybe overly cute and wrong I'd probably go with the d-r-u-w probably and so you go andrew D-R-U-W. yeah it still sounds like it, it may be hope that, and maybe hope nobody notices like they'll think they'll just kind maybe. of like it's if you like signed like if you, had, like if you had a signature yeah it probably wouldn't look that much different no one can read my signature anyway so it doesn't i mean i could spell mm-hmm. it 
however anyone you know could dream yeah. and it'd be fine I, I'm, I'm i'm i wonder because like there's that michael spelling like the kind of incorrect irish spelling m-i-c-h-e-a-l which would just be horrible for me yeah if that were yes. my name i think that would be worse than a cutesy michael spelling to me so i would rather have a cutesy like m-a-i yeah, like M A I K A L or or Michael Thompson. Remember the basketball player Michael Thompson was like M Y C H A L or something like yep. that. Um, so something like that, I would say at least they're trying to do something versus a slight, you know, like an incorrect spelling of a standard, yeah. which seems to like maybe it, it it says something about your parents that either they don't know how to spell a name or they're overly cutesy. And I'd rather yeah. have them be overly cutesy than um ill informed. Yeah. And, pro- I, and I hadn't seen that name Drew D R U E before though. I'm not maybe it, it could be a family name. It's a, it's his yeah, name. I, it's I his wonder if name. it is a family name. I'm not sure, but because he's, he's Anthony and his father's name is Anthony. So he's like you. You're a you're a David Scaff and your dad's a David Scaff. Yeah. Uh, he's David Michael Scaff, am I yep. correct? You're David Andrew. Yep. So, yeah, so I mean, I've gone by middle name my entire life. So, are you are you going to adopt a son just to name him David something else? Yeah. <laughs> Possibly. Or you can see you still have time. You're you're a man. Your 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 years of virility are. I'll get. Are, I'll, uh, I'll end up with some with some dogs, and I'll name them all David something. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think. Uh, or you could um, adopt Mitchell's children, and. Uh... <laughs> Always a possibility. <laughs> <laughs> rename Cora David Cora Scaff okay. <laughs> and then she can still go by Cora but <laughs> her real first name would be David right so her day-to-day, her day-to-day, day-to-day life wouldn't change right maybe her last her last name I guess would but you know signing legal documents would be different yeah but, which you know, she probably doesn't sign a lot of legal documents so. I think I think Marina might actually uh, go for that uh, <laughs> you'd, have to, you'd have to ask her but We'll we'll have to ask Cora about it, and I'll we'll get back to you next time. Yeah, she's a kid; doesn't matter. They like what you tell them to like. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. I, there wasn't a whole lot to add uh, for the Chiefs. They, they've uh, they resigned Derek Naughty. They resigned Nick Allegretti. Uh, so some of these uh, kind of mid-level, lower-tier cogs on the machine have come back. Uh, yes, Thornhelda went to the. Browns, whom he has said have a Super Bowl looking roster. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, like seven million dollars, I think, was what they. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the Chiefs got a better safety, Mike Edwards. Yep. Uh, from Tampa, so you know, new safeties. Uh, new. We talked about uh, many for, for and... considerably less than what Thornhill got. I think so. Yeah. And probably cap, more. cap somewhere around five. I think it's like three million, but there's maybe up to two million in bonuses. Same, I think it was the same contract that Drew Tranquil got. Good, yeah. So like, it seems like the Chiefs are doing pretty well. They, they're still, I guess, supposedly perhaps in on Odell Beckham. I've heard. I don't know if they. I don't know if the Chiefs want to get somebody like that, but yeah. it seems like the Cowboys, since they got um, Brandon Cooks, aren't going to go for Beckham. Adam Thielen went to the. Um, Panthers, who I think the Chiefs maybe were looking at as a possession receiver to replace uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. Mm-hmm. It seems like it was one of those, it's one of those nice times. Like I said, it's it's easy to be optimistic for the Chiefs because they have Patrick Mahomes, and you know as he no, kind of made clear, 
Kelsey's still there. Like he made clear, it can be a ragtag group of receivers, and he's still going to do pretty well with them. Uh, and he won the Super Bowl uh, with that group. Um, and well, after having lost the number one receiver in the NFL, right? So it didn't seem to slow them down at all. No. You maybe wonder, you know, with Orlando Brown gone and a new and potentially two new tackles, uh, mm-hmm. Juwan Taylor and right now maybe Lucas Niang uh, at the right tackle or one of the other Chiefs backups, you know, who knows, maybe a draft yeah. pick. But you worry about that. But I think the Chiefs, though, are in very good shape for the years to come. So, yeah, it's a great time to be a Chiefs fan. It's not a terrible time to be a Royals fan because at least you have the idea that uh, maybe they'll be all right. They have young players we don't really know about. Yeah. And, you know, as we said, maybe they're moving the stadium to a uh, former site of NKC Pro Bowl. Uh, cool. But I don't know. Uh, I like, to, I actually, I, I would prefer they keep uh, Kaufman and Arrowhead as is. But yeah, I don't think that's going to, I don't know. Again, I, I, I stand in the way of progress. That's, that's my, uh, I think, uh, yes. So I, I don't, I don't have the, uh, I don't have, I don't have the technology, loving uh, gene or the new shiny. I'm a historian by trade, and I like things that are old, and old yeah. timey. So, if the Royals, yeah, I guess the idea of moving the same downtown is because of a love of nostalgia, um, yeah. And it sort of is an idea, maybe thirty years out of date, because that's when the other teams were doing it (laughs) because most recently it seems like the teams are moving a little away from downtown like atlanta when they built their new stadium moved away from downtown um you know some of the football stadiums are doing that chicago bears are moving their stadium farther from downtown it seems like well Um, what do you think of parks that are designed to look as though they were fit into a downtown area like uh cleveland's park I, well, not I like actually it. like the shape of the outfield is, you know, not because of the buildings that are around it. Yeah, it's not because they fit into some strange city block looking right. like Fenway Park. I I I see. I I think it's contrived and gimmicky, but I do like it. So I like because it's nostalgia I, then, because they were like it's, looking it's, to an era that. Uh, it's a manufactured nostalgia. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a little. It's a little like a 1950s uh, diner concept or or something like that. It's I like it, but I understand it's phony. So have you have you watched? There's a show, um, Hello Tomorrow, that's out. I think just recently. That's mm-hmm. a, like a future nostalgia kind of show. Might be. Worth I do it. love retro uh, futurism. That's yeah, that's what it, that's that's very much what that show is. So it's like it's set in a what it was promised to be the future. Well. You know, in, in the 1950s. Kansas City is going away f- from that because the stadiums are that retro future. The airport yeah. was that retro future. Yeah. We went away with it. So we're, 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 we're I don't know. The new airport, uh, I haven't been there yet. You've been there. You yeah. like it. A couple times now. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm. I probably wish we still had the downtown airport uh, at some point, but uh, no, I like. I like the downtown KC. airport if you have the money to charter. Yeah, I like. Airport. I like the KCI. I like. I like the MCI, uh, three terminal, yeah. uh, giant C shape. Uh, yeah. We're almost it's circular still there for now. You just can't fly out of it. So I don't know. I, I we'll see how we'll see how uh, Kansas City changes over the years. 
uh, with their sports teams and their architectural landscape. Downtown is becoming more of a place to be. Uh, the Sprint Center or the, what is it? Now T-Mobile Center. T-Mobile Center is has failed to attract a, a National Basketball Association or a National Hockey League franchise, but mm. it's still a nice arena. I think they've, they've realized that they can make as much money using it as a concert venue as they would from a team anyway. So they're, they seem to be pretty happy with how it's operating. At least since COVID is gone, right? Uh, well, <laughs> sure. But I think even if it was an NBA or NHL team using that, then they would have lost all the revenue from that anyway. So Probably. Although people in Kansas City, uh, they, they didn't wear masks uh, at Arrowhead or anything. They probably would have just gone. Right? No, they wouldn't. They wouldn't have gone. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, do we have anything else to add this week? I don't think so. Okay. I think I think on that note, we'll wrap it up. Uh, we have two more weeks of the NCAA basketball tournaments, and we'll see. By next time, we'll have final fours uh, lined up, and we'll see if we were correct on any of those. You know, chances are that at least one of the many, many, many brackets we've done will be very good. But it's also possible that none of them will be good. Uh, and I think that would be interesting as well to see how both man and machine can get things very, very, very wrong. Uh, be a, a parable about uh, life on this planet. And but we'll we'll see that we'll see that next week. And uh, until then, wishing you a bright, wonderful, futuristic tomorrow. I am Dr. Michael Warman. He is Dr. Andrew Scaff. We are the Warning Trek Power Hour. Please like and or subscribe to our plethora of uh, del delivery options. I made a, I believe I made a plethora uh, of WAPO uh, joke um, last week that I think you noticed, but uh, maybe our, our only our really astute viewers uh, would notice from uh, the 1980s classic Three Amigos. Written by a, 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 an unlikely triumvirate of writers, if I remember correctly. Mm. Um, Steve Martin. Yeah. Lorne Michaels. This is when he took off from Saturday Night Live, I think, to help write it. Yeah. And also Randy Newman. The uh, They were the three co-writers, the triumvirate. That oh, because oh, he would have done all the music, though, too. Yeah. yeah. He, was the, he was the invisible. Uh, he was the singing bush. Yes. He was, I think he sang the, I think he sang those in yeah. a higher voice or something. Yeah. Yeah. Coming on the mountain yeah. and. Yeah. yeah. That was Randy. Yeah. Randy Newman wrote. Uh, really? Yeah. As a writer. He was usually, usually, usually he was a composer or a songwriter, yeah. but uh, he wrote, he wrote the script, uh, at least co-wrote it with uh, those guys. Also early, very early appearances of John Lovitz and Phil Hartman on screen. Uh, and uh, of course, uh, you know, Dusty Bottoms, Ned Nederlander, and Lucky Day as the three amigos. Anyway, we are the two amigos, and we will see you uh, next time. Until then, we bid you good day. <laughs>